Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. I am unbelievably over the moon excited about this episode that we are just about to jump in and record because uh, this person that is coming on to guest for us today is one of my all-time favorite humans, Um, certainly a big favorite with audiences in the human design space. And I can't wait to just share her wisdom and her personality and her energy and her insights with you. I think that this is just going to blow your little human design socks off as we go through this episode and no promises about where it may end up. (laughs) I think interesting stuff is going to come through. But I would love to introduce you all to the glorious Eden Carpenter, a human design teacher. Welcome, Eden. Hi, Holly. I'm so excited for this conversation. (laughs) I know, me too. So to give all of you some context, I've had the privilege of knowing Eden for quite a while now. It's, I, I mean, time is time who knows but I think it's been around two and a half years or so um yeah yeah I think and Eden and I yes I just like especially over the last few years it's like what what has happened I don't even know was 2019 a year I don't know it's it's just like all rolls in um it actually happened (laughs) I don't remember Eden and I met originally in a mastermind together um, back when she was still studying nursing, still as a nursing student and running her human design business on the side. And it has been just the most tremendous joy and honor to be up close with you in your circle to watch how you have changed, how you have journeyed through this time. Um, Of course, how your business has changed and, and has been impacted by that, but more so just your personal journey of really embodying yourself and owning yourself. And I often have to remind myself that you are significantly younger than me, that <laughs> you are only in your early 20s <laughs> because your your wisdom and your energy really is, is very old soul. So I can't wait for everybody to experience that if they haven't experienced you before. Can you tell us what your design is? Who are you in human design? What are your labels? And how did you come into human design? How did it find you? 
That is a great question. So my design, I am a 6-2 emotional manifesting generator. I have a lot of that manifesting generator energy. That 3420 is actually my conscious sun and conscious earth. So it's like big, really big in my chart as like many gen energy. So that's a little bit about me. And that's kind of my preferred label. I have an undefined G center, so I don't really know who I am. And I think it changes on a consistent basis. Um, that question of like, who are you? What do you do? I'm like, I don't know. I show up and talk about human design. And that's, I I just kind of flow with that and it works for me. So that's a little bit about who I am. (laughs) (laughs) That's enough. That's a nutshell. Yep. Yeah. In a nutshell, no big deal. (laughs) Let's see. Um, It must've been early 2018, late 2017 when I found human design and it came up on like Instagram, someone posted about it and I was like, Ooh, what's my type. I was really into the Myers-Briggs personality types. So I was like obsessed with human behavior, human psychology, understanding and kind of grouping people, which makes so much sense because I have that undefined G center, but I wanted to understand people at a different level. And so once that was introduced, it really made sense to me of like people's brains work differently. People have different personality types. And I got so good at that, that I could like have a conversation with somebody and ask them some questions and I could tell them like what their Myers-Briggs personality type was. And people got uncomfortable with that. They didn't enjoy it. (laughs) I thought it was a fun party trick. (laughs) So that kind of led to, um, wanting to understand humans a little bit deeper and wanting to understand human behavior at a different level. So human design popped up, it showed me this chart and I was like, that's way too complicated. I don't have the time to learn about these lines, these numbers, these colors. This looks like astrology on crack. I don't even understand (laughs) astrology. Like this is too much for me, but then it kept showing up like over and over and over and over again, where like everyone on the internet was talking about it. And I'd never heard about it before. And what really kind of clicked for me was I was actually in a lecture in, in school. And what happened was there was a glitch on a slide and the words human and design ended up right next to each other. And they shouldn't have been next to each other. Like those words were in completely different sentences, but it kind of stood out. And I felt like, you know, there's that like chorus of angels singing in the background. It's like, ah, this is a big moment for you. So I was like, okay, fine universe. I will look into this. So I pull up my chart on one side and Google on the other. And I do what I do best, which is research things. And like, what's a manifesting generator? What is a sacral what is the sacral center? What is an emotional authority? What's a 6-2 profile? And I got lost in the rabbit hole that is the internet on human design and was reading blog posts, podcast episodes, videos. And I got really obsessed with it. I think what really hooked me was that um, the description of the undefined G-Center I think I've already mentioned it like four times on this call. If you can't tell, it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Fellow undefined G-Center. I get it. Like it's a big deal. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Um, so it's super big for me because I only have two centers that are undefined. And so it's like my head center and then my G-Center. And my head center, I have two gates defined in that center. So it's pretty consistent. Like I'm searching for answers occasionally. That hasn't been that big of a deal. But the description of the undefined G-Center where it's like, you're searching for a sense of identity. You're searching for a sense of direction. You're searching for the sense of like purpose and what you're meant to do here. And I just started crying. So I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that that's what I've been looking for. But I've been like obsessed with personal behavior because I wanted to identify with some sort of label. I wanted to know who I was. That's why I was interested in the Myers-Briggs personality types. It's like, this is going to tell me who I am. It's going to tell me my purpose. It's going to tell me what I'm good at. So I felt really seen in that moment for the first time 
ever. And like at a deeper level than I've ever experienced, I'm sure you understand that with like conditioning, I've never felt so seen before. And so, I mean, it called me out on a pattern that I didn't even consciously recognize I was searching for. It was like, you don't have to search for this anymore. You're never going to find it. It's going to show up in different ways all the time, but you can stop looking. And I was like, oh, (laughs) there's this huge weight off my chest and like instant, like physical sensation of relief. And I was like, I need to learn more. So I responded. I started learning more, started obsessing over it. I was sharing a couple of things on my Instagram um, about like, manifestation about, you know, just anxiety, dealing with anxiety in college. And I was just like, kind of talking about it on the internet and I put it out there after studying it for a little while. I think it was in 2018 that I ended up putting it out there and I was like, Hey, send me your uh, human design information. Like just DM me your birth chart, like your birth time, like not creepy at all. And I'll send you a free reading because I just wanted to learn about the different types. Cause if I have my chart, I can decipher that I can, you know, Google the one thing after the other and figure it out. So I started doing free readings. That was the first thing that I'd put out there that anybody ever really responded to. And within like two months, I'd done almost 200 readings and, you know, in Manny Gen form, all of the energy, I was just like busting out these 15, 20 minute recorded readings and sending them to people. And the feedback that I was getting was like, oh my God, the way that you're describing this makes so much sense. Like I've heard it. I've tried to figure this out. I've been trying to understand it on my own please like, do you like, can you do, do coaching? Do you offer anything else? Like essentially, can I pay you to teach me more about this? And I was like, sure, I'll talk more about this. This is fun. <laughs> so that's how I signed my first couple of coaching clients. Um, and then I started charging for readings and I did readings and that turned into courses. People wanted to learn how to, the first course that I ever made was a course on how to read human design charts, which makes a lot of sense since that's essentially what I teach now. And I run a whole school on it. <laughs> Um, But yeah, one thing led to another as I deepened my alignment within my own design. I just kept responding to things, just kept responding and initiating and showing up for my own alignment. And then this turned into an incredible business and it's brought me to where I am today. Yes. There is so many like highlight points throughout your story that are just so classic MG, right? So classic manifesting generator like that, diving all in, that being completely obsessive about something, mastering it incredibly quickly and moving through it quickly, right? Like wanting to find those leaps of, well, this Mm -hmm. is fantastic, but like, I'm not just going to learn this little bit. Like, where does it connect to the next bit and how quickly can I get there? And and also tapping into that, um, you know, very accidentally, it sounds like at first, tapping into that responding, right? Mm-hmm. If, if people are coming at you with this, that gives you that opportunity to respond and initiate and that like takes its own life form, which I love. I love seeing MGs who at least kind of retrospectively can look back at their story and go, oh, yeah, when I actually started behaving like an MG, <laughs> like stuff started working out for me mm-hmm. amazing right it's like let this let the full power let the full magnitude of your manifesting generator energy just expand and be what it is um and you're such a beautiful embodiment of that such a beautiful oh. embodiment oh you are welcome we're often you know because i specialize in the manifesto space obviously um <laughs> you know what i get a lot is people who are either mgs who come into my space who are really curious about that manifesto part of their design um, and looking for similarities 
between us. Or I get a lot of manifestors who are in families or relationships with MGs and really finding that struggle because we have very distinct differences <laughs> between us. And I'm curious about your take on that. You know, as, as an MG, where do you see that, that manifestors and MGs are the same and where do you see that we're really different? Ooh, that's a great question. I see manifesting generators on a spectrum. And I say that as a classic little MG over here, because I'm currently obsessed with the channels. Um, that's like everything that I want to talk about and learn about and study and teach right now is like channels, channels, channels. So I'm in an obsessive phase with channels again, (laughs) classic MG. I'm obsessed with something right now. It's all I want to talk about. So I'm going to talk about it. Um, but in my experience, the manifesting generators, there's this spectrum. And so in my experience, the spectrum for kind of really on that generator side is going to be if you have some sort of indirect connection between a motor center and your throat center. So this is like that sacral center to your G center, to your throat center, or like sacral center to emotional center, to G center, to throat center, but any of those indirect combinations of channels, those tend to show up a little bit differently. So as an example, if someone has their sacral center to their G center, to their throat center, they have a general channel and then they have a projected channel. And so for them, they're going to respond and then they have to actually wait for an invitation to express that and to kind of initiate and bring that energy forward and kind of share who it is that they are. And so that's going to show up as really responding and waiting to respond is going to be the primary energy there. Yes, they still have a motor center connected to their throat, which means they're going to have the ability to follow through and to initiate and to kind of manifest that energy into experience, but it's a two-step process. On the other side, there's people who have a sacral center defined and almost like I don't know, like sacral center to your root center and then an emotional center to the throat center. So they have a direct manifested channel. And in that aspect, it's almost like they have two separate sides of them because they have this responding energy that that sacral channel is, it's going to respond to something. It's like, Ooh, this lights me up. But if it's not connected to the other things, if there's a split in definition, it's like, I, you have this sensation of, Ooh, this really lights me up. And then there's like a pause and then you have to kind of process emotional energy and wait for the emotions to manifest. So it's kind of broken up in that you have a response and you have a generator energy, but it's not connected to that initiating energy. And so manifest or many gens in that aspect, the way that they manifest is going to be through one of those channels. So there's three manifested channels, the 35, 36, the 12 to 22, and then the 21 to 45. Those are the three direct manifested channels. So if you're looking at those, those are going to be the areas in which you manifest. You manifest through your emotions, through your emotional intelligence, through your desires, something specific, but then you generate energy and you light up with things and you put your life force into things in a different aspect of your chart. So it's almost like two separate pieces. And so that's going to be a little bit more kind of in the middle of that Manny Gen cycle. And then there's me. I, I like to think of myself as kind of on that edge of a little bit closer to manifester because the channel that I have is the only generated channel that I have. So the only thing that's defined in my sacral center is the 34 and it's 3420. 
And so the only way like generating energy, that responsive energy, it comes through my throat center. It comes with action. It comes with initiation. And so for me, like that many gen energy, it's blended together in one aspect. There's no way, like, I don't have any other manifested channels. I have hanging gates there, but I don't have any other manifested channels. So the way that I manifest is through generation. And the way that I generate is also through manifesting. So it's kind of this spectrum and you can see, you know, a lot of differences. And so for me, informing has been really important and talking about the things that I want to do because that channel is so quick for me. It's like it, I respond, it lights me up and I've already done it before I can consciously think about like, oh, I should tell someone about this. I've already taken action on it. I've already started. I've already jumped into it really quickly. So for me, that's kind of that like initiating energy, but it comes with this kind of backing of momentum and So for me kind of responding, I respond first and then I initiate. So it really lights me up and I want to put energy forwards towards it. And I'm going to jump in and get, put that energy towards it. Manifestors, on the other hand, you have this energy cycle. You are a little bit more in tune with an energy cycle where you have phases. You have phases where you're really in that initiation phase and you're ready to start something new and your bursts of energy are going to be a little bit shorter and not as sustainable. Mine, like if I'm really in the flow, I can work for 16 hours straight. And I have before, and that probably sounds exhausting to all manifestors because that, yeah, you're like, oh, <laughs> worst awful. day ever. What an awful experience. I feel mm-hmm. bad for you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be kind of a difference there as well as the energy levels where manifestors really, they're here to initiate, they're here to start things, but they're kind of this like knock the dominoes over, get things started, not necessarily finishing things. Manny gens, what they're really excited about is going to change in the same way that manifestors go from interest to interest, but they have that sustainable energy from their sacral center. And the sacral center is essentially, I have life force energy that I can put into something. And that's pretty much what it is. It's like, I am a battery and I'm going to go charge all of these different things. Like I'm giving you energy and putting energy into it so I can start things and I can usually sustain enough energy to finish most things, not everything, but most of the things before my interest is gone. So for me, it's never that I don't have the energy for it. It's that if I'm not excited about it anymore, it's not, I'm not going to be able to finish it. But for you, it mainly is about that, like the urge, the initiation, and then finding the people around you who can help to give you the energy, give you the support to finish the things that you want to finish. Mm, Yes. So good. Long long answer. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect answer. Fantastic answer. Yeah. I I think that, um, you know, one of the greatest struggles with that sort of like double-sided social conditioning is that manifesting generators in particular really highly value that initiation energy mm-hmm. it's that like i i crave that i desire that if i could just initiate more if i could just do more new things if i could just you know feel urges and push it out then then what i do would be more valuable um and at the same time manifestors on the flip side of that are saying if I could just respond like I've been taught to do my entire life, even though that's wrong for me, if I could respond like MGs are doing, then I could sustain this and I could complete this and I could, you know, finish these things and I could, I could do more. Um, and it's such a curious dichotomy for me to watch this, like we're both wanting what the other person has. And so there's this personal experience of, simplify that down right strip that outside stuff off and and come down to this very kind of pure process of 
what is it that you are actually here to do because you chose it you chose it for yourself right like I, I'm always saying to manifestors if you wanted to be an MG you would have come as an MG like this is not like nobody's thrust this upon you like you chose this the question is why why did you choose this and just allowing that um I love that you describe it as knocking the dominoes down right allow that to be enough because mm-hmm. it is right and and where I see this difference between the Manny energy and the MG energy is that we are really pulling things from darkness. Like we're yeah. pulling stuff from who knows. I mean, we refer to it as the the 5D, but it's like it's a void back there. Like, and it's just you can't see it, you can't understand it. There's no sense of timing or predictability or or reason to any of it. And so for, for manifest as being this conduit of I'm taking stuff that's actually never, ever existed in this way before and I'm bringing it into what can be seen mm-hmm. and what can be known, like that is such a significant push to do that that I think that manifestors need to remember that's enough, mm-hmm. That that is more than enough to yeah you're you're pulling energy from the void and turning it into something (laughs) yeah yeah like do we need to do anything else for the collective no Mm ma'am we do not (laughs) like that's the gift from us Mm -hmm. people right where you where's the known and the unknown you're fine (laughs) (laughs) that's what i think that's what i think you know whereas manifesting generators like you guys have that insane ability to initiate right and to push things and that power to bring things into life but you're doing it in response right mm-hmm. you're doing it in response to these things that are kind of already existing and energy that is already at play which is a very different set of mechanics and equally as valuable and beautiful to watch right um but i do think there's this journey between manis and mgs to recognize, yeah, we have some similarities and yeah, we have some like key ways that, you know, we're like each other, but overall we're pretty different when we oh, get yeah. to the core of it. We're pretty different beings. Very you different. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Mutual respect. Right. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> instead of wanting to be like you, just allow the MGs to be the MGs. Right? <laughs> you guys are amazing at it. Keep going. Thank you. I yeah. will. <laughs> Um, I mentioned in the intro that I've, you know, been able to watch um, your personal journey and and your business journey, especially, which has been pretty remarkable over the last couple of years, especially. Yeah. yeah, as you've really allowed yourself to just drop things off the side and, and you know, be obsessive and be powerful mm-hmm. and do what you do. Um, and that's so fun for me to, to see that in you because you and I have very similar backgrounds right? We both come from that nursing background. We both um, view that experience of, of the human experience of like psychology and, um, you know, like physiology and also energetics and spirituality and these big universal principles, right? It's like this big melting pot that's really exciting to dive into. What would you say have been kind of the key markers of your journey in embodying your design in your business? right? Understanding that it's not like a, it didn't happen overnight. It's not like you, you know, woke up one day and went, I said, I'm really going to embody myself in my business now. That's it. That's all I'm going to do, right? It's like a, that was an onion. (laughs) It was layers and layers that I'm sure is still going. Um, 
But looking back, can you see kind of any key like mile markers of how? Oh you yeah, that? yeah. There's lots of key key markers. Um, so as an emotional authority, all of the decisions that I made, it kind of felt like it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it was so big that I couldn't ignore it. And I had to make a decision because I was like using excuses of like, no, it's fine. But then it would like come back up again. So the biggest one that I can think of is leaving nursing. That was a huge decision that I had to make. And it was, it was really interesting. So I graduated in 2020. Um, the pandemic hit on spring break of my <laughs> senior year in college and I never went back because we just decided to switch to like online classes. Cause I mean, for clinicals, they can't have, they can't have nursing students who are like uninsured and, you know, unprotected in potentially really unsafe environments. So it was just like not available for us to do. So I finished my degree online and then I was studying for boards and the entire time I was home alone working. And so I made courses and I, you know, did all of the things and I ended up, um, I ended up like really wanting to work on my money mindset. That was something I was like, okay, I'm done with this being like, okay, I'm making like two, maybe $3,000 a month, which is great. But like, I think that I'm ready to be helping more people and for this to be abundant. And I wanted to step into that. So I started really looking at my money mindset and I started looking at it through the lens of human design. So I actually like went through the deconditioning process and applied everything to my relationship to money. And it was really exciting. Like I'm a life path eight. Um, like it just, it, there's a lot of money trauma in my family. So there's things that like, I know that I'm here to decondition for, for my ancestral lineage and a lot of things and a lot of it's related to money. So I really focused on that. And all of a sudden I was having like 15, 20, 30, $40,000 months. And it was just growing and growing and growing. I launched a certification program because I had a bunch of people like asking me and everyone wanted to learn, how do I use human design and coaching? And you actually were one of the first people to go through it. And you were actually there when that idea was born and was um, like, here's a great example of a response. I had thought maybe I could run a program like that, but then I realized like, oh, it's, you know, like I'm not qualified essentially to run a certification or anything like that. And at a mastermind retreat with you (laughs) and Lauren and let's see, Emilio was there and and Shannon, there's a bunch of incredible people at this event. And it was brought to my attention that you should do a certification. And I was like, I can't do a certification. No, like great idea, but that's not like a realistic thing. Um, but it was like, it was put into my sphere. It was something that was put into my world and something I could respond to. And then that showed up again and again and again. So it's not necessarily an initiation. It was me responding to that over and over. I launched that. It was doing incredible. It was a six figure launch. It was like blowing my mind. I was pouring my heart and soul into it. And then I, I like passed my nursing boards I got my degree, I got the job. And then I'm just standing there like, oh, I'm going to start this job soon. And so I start the job and it was absolutely miserable. We were renovating our house at the time. So we had like just moved in the house is like in chaos. We're sleeping on a mattress on the floor. I'm driving a ridiculous amount of time. I was working like 60, 70 hours those first couple of weeks with the commute. It was just absolutely insane. I was trying to record content behind the scenes. I was trying to like still show up and create the certification program because I'd made commitments to my business and to my students and I had overextended myself. So I was completely exhausted and it kept showing up of like, 
are you sure nursing is the thing? Like, why are you in nursing? I think everybody said it. There was probably 50 people that like brought it up to me. And I actually made an Instagram post about it, kind of defending my opinion of like, my intuition hasn't told me that this is a no yet. There hasn't been a sign. So I'm still here. I'm like not responding to it. I think Um, I was one of those people that DM'd you and was like, babe, what's going on with the nursing? (laughs) Why, why are we still there? (laughs) Yep. Yep, absolutely. So I, during all of that chaotic time, I needed, I needed to get away. I just needed to step away. I needed to get away from, from all of the things that were going on. So I found like a three-day window where I'd moved my schedule. So I would work like, I worked four days in a row, flew out to Sedona to meet Lauren for a couple of days, was there for like one day, flew back the next day. And then I was supposed to work another three, four days in a row. So it was like nonstop 15 days in a row or something ridiculous like that because Manny Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, we, I got to Sedona and it's like, I'm celebrating this six figure launch, but I haven't actually been able to celebrate it because I am just stressed. I am at my wits end. I am pushing myself so hard. My relationship, like my marriage was strange because I was working so hard that I didn't have time to help unpack. I was working two full-time jobs. I didn't have time to help paint the house. And so my husband felt like he was doing things alone. And I just realized I'm like, I am, I'm miserable. I can't do this. So she's like, do you need the nursing job? I was like, no, but I feel like I do. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm the type of person who can let that go. Um, we talked about it for almost a full day. And then I'm kind of driving home. And I'm like, okay, I'm like exit plan next couple of days, something like that. And it hit me like that, in, like intuitive hit of you have to quit tomorrow. I was like, shit, I have to quit tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah, landed um, at like 7 p.m had the conversation with my husband on the way home from the airport. And then at like six in the morning, the next morning, I'm walking out of the hospital because I just quit my job Mm. and it was terrifying and it was a big deal. And it was the best decision that I've ever made. I mean, I threw away a degree that I just worked four years to get. I worked for a total of six weeks as a registered nurse. And it's been, it's been almost a year. It's been, it'll be a year and like a week and a half or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's been the best decision that I made. I went full-time in my business. It is thriving. I now have an incredible team an incredible support system. It's actually gotten to a place where, um, my husband's going to be leaving the air force in a couple of months to pursue something that he's excited about as well. And so, yeah, that's, that would be the biggest kind of two big markers for me. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. you know, we, we so often overcomplicate this, I think, you know, like in that, that search, that very, very classic um, undefined head conditioning that so many of us experience in this, like, I have to ultimately find the absolute answer for this. And so even when we find the answers, which is like, follow your strategy, follow your mm-hmm. authority. Like it's, it's there right in front of you. It's a roadmap. You've got it. It's there, but we brush past it. And we overlook it. It's like, it can't be that simple. It's got to be something more. And, and I find that, you know, people are often looking into, um, you know, like my students are often like, which gate do I look into? Or like, which channel? Or like, which gene key sequence is going to tell me these things? And I'm like, guys, you've already got the answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you already just make decisions in a line, you know, in, in line with the way that you were designed to make decisions, right? Knowing that that is always working towards fulfillment always it's not like if you if you use your authority and I love hearing about that from an emotional 
authority perspective because my experience is so different as a splenic mm-hmm. authority. But it's it's not like if you use your authority to make a decision, especially in business, that most of the time it's going to work out, but you'll have a few bad hits. It's like it is correct every single time, every single time. If you are making a decision with your authority, you're never making a wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Not ever. It's not kind of this statistical like you might you might hit it eight out of ten times and that's pretty good. It's like no, ten out of ten times every single time. And the only challenge then is in can I trust what my authority is telling me mm-hmm. when it's not logical? Like, can I trust that you know my emotional wave is telling me to just throw away a four year degree six weeks after gaining it right in the middle of a pandemic? Like, excellent. What a fantastic idea. But clearly, clearly that's the correct direction Mm -hmm. for you because that's really opened up an amazing energetic space of abundance for you. Um, The other thing that I think is worth noting is just how simple kind of seemingly nothing moments can be in, in this journey. Like I remember standing outside with you at that mastermind I think we just finished a session and we were like it was winter so it was cold we were in LA and we'd like gone out to stand in the sun for a moment I was freezing because I'm Australian and I was in an American winter um and I remember you turning to me and just really quietly saying if you looking at my you know what I'm doing right now if you could tell me one thing to do differently what would it be and I was like why the frick is she asking me this this is like so obvious (laughs) like so obvious um but I said you're not a nurse like quit nursing and I remember your face being like crestfallen at that answer (laughs) you were like oh oh okay (laughs) like leave nursing and and you know ultimately that that journey took longer for you to, mm-hmm. you know, arrive at that place. Um, but, you know, even as part of that, like that, how long was our mastermind retreat? Like two two days, two yeah, nights, like two something days. like that? Yeah. yeah, such a short space of time. And um, having those conversations about a certification, you know, and just like floating that idea. And I remember you being really resistant. I remember you being like, sure, guys, like. <laughs> Yeah, great idea. You don't understand the world of human design. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. That was kind of like, thank you for your insights, novices, (laughs) but no. (laughs) Um, And just seeing you like take that and respond to that and and bringing yourself closer to that. Like, I, I can do this. I can actually, maybe I can actually, maybe I can do it more. Actually, maybe this can be a really big thing. Actually, maybe a lot of people want it. And um, even beyond that, you know, seeing you take that from round one, which I did, which was a phenomenal experience to releasing it for round two with a big price jump on it, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you more than doubled the price, I think on yeah. that second yeah, round. I think I about tripled it. Yeah. Right. Even that journey of oh, no, I can charge a big price mm-hmm. ticket for this thing. Like I, just because I sold it at one point doesn't mean that I, I can't elevate myself to move this into a different position mm-hmm. and, and be okay with that. Um, it's been really cool to watch 
uh, your ability to do that quickly, right? That quantum, those quantum jumps from that seemingly small beginning, just from mm-hmm. that little, like a little conversation about certification, like a little conversation about leaving nursing. And, and that becomes such a big thing. I know that for me, you're a really cool expander to watch in, in quantum manifestation. It's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Highly recommend getting expanded. Explain role model. <laughs> yeah. You're like achieved. <laughs> I'm aligned. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, you know, it expanders in our lives, particularly the, I think the closer we can get to them, um, they ignite this sense of possibility that sure, like you can, you can do things in whichever way you think is is biggest, right? You can actually go from $2,000 a month in your business to $40,000 a month in your business, right? You can go from, um, you know, like $10,000 launches to $100,000 launches. You can go from being a student in nursing school, running your business on the side to having a six-figure business with a massive team underneath you. And I think, I mean, in reflection, that's been about a year. Yeah, that it's yeah. taken you to do that. That's amazing. I mean, it's been a year. It's been about a year and a half since I got the idea for a certification. Um, and then, like, since leaving my job, my business has generated over seven figures in the past mm. 12 months, which completely blows my mind because the beginning of 2020, I was still having like two, $3,000 months, which is nuts. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? Insane. Right. <laughs> And it's so, it's so in opposition to mostly what we learn about business. You know, whenever we're learning kind of strategies and stuff for scaling and for growth, it's all this like, no, 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 um, set a goal for $5,000 a month and then you can get $10,000 a month. And then if you're very, very lucky, you could maybe jump up to $30,000 a month, right? And it's this like progressive growth. And I, I think what's beautiful about your story is that without having to honor all of that, known business strategy known in air quotes right like it's it's (laughs) kind of made up um just by following your own energetic patterns just by embodying everything that you already hold you're really able to squash those rules and completely change that field what do you think have been the biggest struggles for you in doing that, in, in having that really rapid growth and those kind of like quantum jumps in your business and your money? Ooh, my identity. <laughs> <laughs> that yes. undefined center. Like, undefined oh, center. yes, absolutely. Um, so things happened really, really quickly. So within a year of, I mean, because in February of 2020, we had that conversation of like you could launch a certification program. And by like the February of 2021, I'd launched it twice and it had generated like over $700,000. And so all of a sudden, like it's this huge program. People were like dying to get into it, even though I like tripled the price, it would like blew my mind. And all of a sudden I was like, okay, now that I have this income, I need to show everybody and prove to everybody that I've earned this, that I deserve this, that I do know what I'm talking about, that I am an expert. So I put a ton of pressure on myself to build a team and to do things the correct way because I had this like shakeup of 
it's fine to wing it and just follow my design at like low levels when things don't really matter, when the stakes are low. But now that like my audience grew super, super quickly and like people are watching me and I'm getting, you know, podcast interviews on like really, really big platforms. All of a sudden I was like, okay, now I have something to prove. Like I have this success. And like, what if everyone notices that I actually have no idea what I'm doing? Like, I'm just (laughs) responding to things. Like, I don't have a plan here. (laughs) Like I don't have a marketing strategy. I don't know what I'm doing next month. Um, And so I got like this, I got really in my head around it. Um, Around the same time, I also had a a pretty traumatic physical experience. I had a ruptured ectopic pregnancy, but my biggest challenge has been my stubbornness. And you saw it firsthand (laughs) of like, no, that's a great idea, but no, I can't do that. And then when nursing came up again, I'm like, you could leave your job. (laughs) Great idea in a nice world, but like, I can't do that. Um, It really got to a point, like that pattern got to a point where I was having pain and having signs and symptoms that were indicating that I should probably go to the hospital. And I had convinced myself it wasn't a big deal. And I let myself bleed internally for eight days before going to the hospital and asking for help. And they were like, it's a really good thing that you came in here (laughs) because (laughs) it's not a good situation. Um, But that kind of showed me that like, Sometimes when people are saying things outside of me, I need to listen to that. If people are saying, maybe you should go to the hospital, it's okay to go to the hospital, even if it doesn't fit my idea of what thing, like how things are supposed to play out. And I think that's really, that's been the issue. Um, I think that comes from my ego center being connected to my emotional authority. So like my channel, it's, it deals with control. It deals with commitment. It deals with willpower and it deals with emotional energy and it's unconscious. So it's this thing that's like, it's underneath all of the, it's underneath the surface. It's ambiguous. It's kind of confusing. Sometimes the only conscious access I have to it is through gate 26 gate 26 is about sales and kind of getting what you want and manipulating the situation. And so in the shadows of that, I get really controlling, like, no, it's going to happen this way. No, I can suck it up. I'm going to just be fine. I'm just going to sleep for a couple of days and it's going to be fine. <laughs> like I'm, I'm hurting. I can't move, but it's fine. I'm going to be fine. Um, but that stubbornness has come back and it's come back stronger and stronger and stronger until I ended up in like physically in the hospital because I had pushed myself so far this year since then has been about creating a team and creating a business that supports me so that I don't have to push myself that hard. I mean, we've seen it several times just in this podcast already of like, I pushed myself to, to the point of exhaustion with my job until I could make that obvious decision. But it was like, I felt like I needed to earn it. I felt like I needed to push myself a little bit farther before I like earned the ability to ask for help. So my stubbornness has been my biggest challenge. (laughs) (laughs) I can relate. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, there's this, there's these two sides to that energy, right? As a fellow gate 26 as well on that channel, like that's a, I only have two channels. I got 1648 and 2644. They're both pretty important to me. And 26 is also my only gate defined in my defined ego. So um, I really resonate with having that, that, significant weight on something like gate 26 where even if you know we often look at shadows around stuff for those people who are who are into gene keys or you've really been diving into your gates we can often look at those shadows and try to see how that's showing up externally right like those shadows around gate 26 for example being about um manipulation Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, yeah, and pride. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, my natural tendency is to go like, well, I'm not being externally manipulative and, like, I'm, I'm not being proud. That's not, mm-mm. I'm not doing those things, which in itself is like I'm being proud, right? But um, more often than not, we don't internalise that and say, how am I doing this to myself? Mm-hmm. How, how is this behaviour actually going on inside me and, and then dictating how I live in this external world? You know, that experience of I'm going to control my body I'm going to control these symptoms that are coming up in my body and tell myself they are not there and they are not important and they will not interfere with whatever it is that I am doing. I, I mean, I, I really resonate with that. And I think a lot of people very much can because um, additionally it's a social narrative that's really reinforced, especially for women, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. keep going, keep charging, do more than a human can actually do. And, and don't fail at that. Don't stop. Good Lord. But you can do self-care Sunday. So give yourself a bubble bath, <laughs> right? So there's this real kind of like complexity to that experience. And I think that we don't realize um, how messy that can make things like business when we're not aware of how much that is infiltrating and how much that is playing in. So even though we can have these uh, like external metrics of success, like we can get a lot of money and, you know, we can have really good launches and we, we can hit those like success markers, no problem. But, but that doesn't mean that the experience is a good experience. Yeah. And that was really interesting for me to be able to watch in your journey with, with launching that certification for the first time, right? That like it was huge and all these people signed up and it was this big financial leap in your business and it really elevated you into this position of being a teacher in the human design space and really being recognized for that and your social media following grew exponentially over that time but also your patterns were like flaring in in your own life right (laughs) so I, I think that that's worth pointing out to people that we often have this ideology and this really misguided narrative that Um, I can't have any of those successes, financial success, following success, business success, whatever. I can't have any of those things if my patterns are still at play. You can. If you have the ability to push through, you can for sure have that success, but it's not something that you then get to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I totally had another thought and now it's just like vanished from my head. Classic splenic moment. Like, oh, the spleen talks and then the spleen disappears. Yeah. <laughs> you can bounce off of that if you want. <laughs> bounce. Have some, okay, bounce, bounce away. I'll respond to that because that kind of triggered some <laughs> things for me. Um, I think that there's a, a misconception around once I have the success, once I have the money, once I have all of the things, then everything is going to be perfect. Like, like everything's going to be fine. I'm going to be, you know, we associate, you know, the desires that we have with this kind of perfect version of ourselves, this perfect aligned version. And I'm just going to say that at every stage of success, you are still the same person. You still have the same patterns, the same challenges come up and having more money, having more success doesn't necessarily make those problems go away. It actually amplifies them. And the only way to kind of continue on is you get better at managing them and dealing with them. You don't necessarily get over them at any point. They're going to show up. 
they're part of your experience. You just get better at managing them. And as soon as I kind of realized, like, cause that was a big trigger for me. It was like, I'm, I'm having this success, but I still feel you know bad about myself. I still have these patterns. I'm still proud, pr- prideful about this. I'm still emotional about this. I still had all of those things. And I felt like I am not the person that everyone thinks I am. Like I am a hot mess and everyone thinks that I am this role model, this educator, this teacher, but I am a hot mess on the inside. And that triggered me so badly to where I had to dive into that work. I had to do that work at another level and another layer because I wasn't going to be able to hold and maintain that success. It's almost like I had to catch up at an identity level and say, yes, even though I'm still a hot mess, I still identify as a hot mess. Like every other day, I'm like, my entire business is going to explode and it's, you know, nothing is safe like all the time, like constantly. Um, But even though I'm that hot mess, I can still be the successful version that other people see me as as well. I can still be a role model. I can still be an expander. I can still be an educator. I can still be really good at what it is that I'm doing, even though I'm still learning and still growing on my own. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a beautiful sum up. And I can immediately um, sense and envision that a lot of manifestors listening to this podcast, obviously there's a lot of manifestors that do, um, thinking like, she can do that because she's an MG, right? Like <laughs> she can have that growth because she's got that generator energy because she's got that 2034 channel. Um, I'm curious about your thoughts on that from that broader perspective of like looking at success across all of the designs. Yeah. Um, so I've been lucky enough to work with several different types, all of the different types at some, some point in time. And I've seen people find success no matter what. And I mean, I can give you expanders. It's like Catherine Zankina is a pure generator and she's doing phenomenal things. Um, Lacey Phillips is a projector and she's doing phenomenal things. I'm trying to think of um, Libby Crow is a manifester and she's doing really incredible things as well. So there's people out there, first of all, of all types that are doing really, really good work, really powerful things in their experience. And the universe doesn't work on time. The universe doesn't work on energy. It works on alignment. And so it doesn't matter what your type is. It matters if you're in alignment with your design and being in alignment with your design is giving yourself permission to show up the way that you're supposed to show up and saying, I'm going to show up this way. And I'm going to expect the universe to bend to my design. The universe is going to somehow change. Like I understand that, I mean, the pandemic was a big thing and a lot of people struggled a lot during that. And I built a seven figure business during that time. And so that's like unheard of, but I had to come to terms with like, if I'm going to follow my design, it's safe for me to be this person, even though that's not what everyone else's experience looks like right now. It's okay for me to be an outlier. It's okay for me to have a different story. It's okay for me to not be relatable and be going through the same struggles as everyone else. So I forgot exactly where I was going with that, but (laughs) (laughs) we're like having moments here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That expression of, you know, I'm going to be in alignment with my energy and the universe will bend to me it's going to bend to me. I mean, I, I think that that is true for everyone. That's mm-hmm. absolutely true for everyone. Certainly those of us with manifesto energy in us, I think that that really stokes like a very deep fire, <laughs> right? That says like, I know that's true. I know that's true. Whether or not I've seen that in my own reality, I know that that is possible. And I know that that is true because I think often in the, the spiritual spacings, the teachings that we get are the opposite. It's like, mm. oh, the universe has its own laws. The universe has its own energy. It's it's almost like um, this religious context that gets overlaid. 
to the universe that says like the universe is God and has its own ideas and has its own agenda and you need to follow its laws. You need Mm -hmm. to follow its commandments. You have to bend to the universe. And that makes us feel really out of control because what can we do with that? Right. Yeah. Then it becomes this, this self-discussion of, well, am I following the rules? Am I doing what I'm meant to be doing? And if I can do all of that perfectly, then I may be rewarded with the things that I desire. But particularly for people with this initiating manifesto energy, that is not how we roll. Like we are not here to roll to anybody else's rules, even if they are the rules of the universe mm-hmm. <laughs> or God or whoever you, you want to refer to. So I just love that. I love viewing that, like flipping that axis, being like the universe is actually a supportive energy. It yeah? is. It's mm-hmm. actually here to be responding to you so Mm. it will shift and it will twist itself and it will move around like a pretzel and it will orchestrate Mm. whatever needs to be orchestrated in whatever way to bend to you provided you you are in alignment you are following your energy yeah I always think of it as like dancing like partner dancing um and where I don't know, there's this energy of like, oh, the universe is leading me and I have to just like surrender and let go and I don't have free will. And if it, I tried really hard and if it's meant to happen, it will happen. But if it's not meant to happen, then I'm just like, I'm not going to try for it. That's one of like my biggest pet peeves is when people are like, oh, if it's meant to happen, it will. And it's not necessarily surrendering, it's giving up. (laughs) Yes, I so agree. Yeah, it's like, they, they don't feel like they have permission to want it. And so they say, I I'm too scared to even want this because I'm afraid it's not going to happen. So they don't give themselves the permission to even desire the things that genuinely underneath the surface, they really do want They're you know, they're craving those things. Um, but like that dance partner energy, the universe is going to meet you wherever you are. And so as soon as you recognize, like I'm done pushing forward, I'm done, like walking forward with this dance, I'm I'm going to take a step back. The universe will take a step back with you. If you want to take a step to the side, the universe is going to take a step with like with you in that direction. You get to, it's a partnership. It's not one person is leading and one person is always following. Yeah. There's some guidance that happens and you can kind of flow with that rhythm. You don't need to push anything. You don't need to, you know, force anything to happen. That's been a big shadow of mine as well as like forcing, (laughs) I'm going to force myself to work really hard and get things done. But it's this, you know, reciprocated energy. The universe will meet you wherever you are. And I think one of the most powerful things that I've done has been like pulling my energy completely back. And I'm and saying things like, show me what you got. Like, what am I ready for? What, what, show me what's going to happen. I don't really care. I'm not setting a desire. I'm not setting a goal. I'm not setting, putting anything out there. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do my thing and surprise me. Like just see what happens. And those have been, I mean, the first time I launched that program, I had a mentor and she was like, this could be a six figure launch. And I was like, cool. There's going to be like three people that sign up for this. (laughs) I don't think this is going to be a six figure launch. Like, cool, whatever. There's going to be like three or four people in this. And then there was like over 30 that enrolled in that first round. And I was like, what, like what happened? And so that was really that energy of I want to do this. This lights me up to be creating this program. I'm going to create it no matter what. Do I know that it has the potential to be really big? Yeah. Do I think that that's going to happen? Not really, but it doesn't matter to me. (laughs) And so I was able to kind of come back to like, this is aligned for me. This is the action that I want to be taking and pure like generator energy. If I'm aligned with what it is that I'm doing, everything else will come into place. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I, 
as a manifesto, like applying that just to, again, that very like kind of watered down, simplified process of being a manifesto, like feel a creative urge, initiate the creative urge, rest, right? Yep. Pretty simple when we break it down <laughs> like that. Um, but often we don't let that be enough right we do overcomplicate it exactly like you're describing it's this like but I have to have a goal but I have to have an agenda but I I have to you know like go into new spaces here I have to determine whether this creative urge is worthy like no you just need to feel the creative urge and trust yourself enough to be the person to make it happen that's all that's all that's required and it, it could be a very very small creative urge right like Heck, I've had creative urges to change my hair color. God knows what that means, but it's impacted people, much to my surprise, like it's impacted people, (laughs) you know, and I've also had creative urges to completely gut and rebuild my business, you know, like I've had creative urges to build programs that have been, you know, massive, like six-figure launch sellers. Like I've had Mm. creative urges to sell a house and move to a completely different place, right? It's, we don't need to have, uh, reason or logic or justification or even goals to it. It's just this very, very kind of surrendered process of yeah. feel it, trust it, do it. That's it. Right? Yeah. I mean, thinking about like where my life and business is currently, if I had intentionally thought about this and tried to create it, I don't think I would be where I am today, but this was never, I mean, growth and expansion and abundance has always been the goal and that like freedom and feeling that sensation of like, I'm doing something that makes a difference is really important for me. Like that fulfillment and that satisfaction with my work. And this is where that is. And who knows, Manny Jen might change at some point in the future, of course, (laughs) but if I had tried to build what I have right now, I don't think I would be here. And really it it came from like following those creative urges, following the things, initiating the things, responding to the things, following my design one step of the way and saying, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know where I'm going, but eventually I'm going to get somewhere really cool. And I know that what I'm doing right now is aligned. And that's always kind of what I come back to. And that's when I know that I'm in alignment is the sensation of like, everything in me says that what I'm about to do is correct and I have no idea about anything else, mm. but I know that this is right. <laughs> mm. And that is enough. That's yeah. enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll take you to magic places. It's very Dr. Zeus, you know, like follow your feet <laughs> and you'll like end up in the right place, you know, <laughs> on a completely kind of like semi unrelated note. As a person with gate five, which is pretty significant in my chart and, and also being a four, six, I, I like to observe patterns, right? And I'll notice patterns. You know this from working with me. I'll always be like, what's the rhythm here? Like, what's, I'm seeing this pattern. Let's work out what this is. And, you know, it was so curious that you mentioned that whole, like, what's meant for you will come to you. I'm definitely seeing a pattern with that occurring at the moment. There's a lot of content coming out on social media with people repeating that rhetoric, which is really curious. I think that's pretty reflective of where the collective is at at the moment. This whole, like, well, we don't know what to do. So we're just going to throw our hands up and pretend that we're okay with giving up. Okay, everyone, right? And, and that'll play out in the way that it's meant mm-hmm. to. But what I'm also noticing is that in the human design spaces, there's sort of this like outgoing flow of people who have been in human design for quite some time, you know, people who've been in it for kind of like five to 10 years. And 
several of them are exiting, mm-hmm. right? Leaving particularly business, right? They're leaving human design behind in their business. And I've seen some people do that really beautifully and, and really graciously and, um, you know, for want of a better word, like inform along the way. And other people I've seen do that with a lot of shadow and a lot mm-hmm. of trigger, right? And a lot of like breakdown and anger and bitterness and misalignment. I'm, I'm really curious if you have noticed the same thing. And if you have, or even just reflecting on it now, why do you think that's occurring? As we've got this huge flow of people coming into human design, why have we also got people exiting? I do not follow anyone on social media right now. So <laughs> this is a new pattern that's been brought to my attention, um, just like from hearing about it from you, but it's also come up in a couple of the conversations that I've had with like my students, with my support coaches, like with the people that I am working with. So this is a perspective without actually having an observation of like direct (laughs) examples of this going on. Um, but I think human design is a tool and it's always been a tool. It's always been a modality of understanding that we can utilize if it feels correct for us. And I think that there is no right or wrong. I mean, we had a whole blow up in the internet or on the internet world around astro- the um, sidereal versus tropical charts when that became a thing. And, you know, there's always some sort of like drama and conversation that can happen. I believe that especially with human design growing in popularity, there's people who are learning a lot of things from social media and trying to kind of turn it around and make a quick dollar. And I mean, that's, I've seen that. I've seen it a lot where I've done a reading with someone. They're like, they have no idea what human design is. And the next day they're like, I've been studying this for a couple of months and I'm offering readings. And I was like, Oh, I I read your chart yesterday. (laughs) Like for the first time ever, I don't even think you have a book on human design, but okay. (laughs) Like that's, that's an interesting pattern. So there's people that are showing up in that energy. Um, and they are falling away pretty quickly from what I see. And I think that this rise in popularity has made it much more mainstream. And I think that that has potentially caused some of the people who've been in it for a while to feel like maybe their work is not respected. Maybe their work isn't resonating with people the same way that it used to. It might just feel like, Hey, this is a crowded space and I don't want to be in it anymore. And so I believe, and again, very opinionated with gate 17, three times in my chart over here, (laughs) very opinionated. Um, there's something kind of fun and special about feeling like, you know, this system that no one else is talking about. Like you're using this system, you're using a language, you're using a modality that is rare and that people aren't understanding and is a really respected modality of understanding. And it had that for a really long time. And I still believe that human design is a very well-respected and for the majority, like for the most part, it's still a system that is taught with integrity. It's still a system that's taught with intention. It's still growing, but it's still very new. And so as we're kind of seeing this influx of new people, I believe that maybe the space is getting it almost feels a little bit too crowded and anyone who's been in it for a while might feel like, okay, now that everyone is here, I don't want to be here anymore. And those are the people that might be manifestors, might be many gens, might be people who like go through cycles and go through phases. And I mean, like on a personal note, I've recognized that I can teach human design concepts and topics without actually teaching human design. I can bring people through those processes, and I'm like working on projects like that. I'm working on, can I teach the energetics of this without having somebody pull their chart? Can I get someone into alignment without them needing to know 
what their human design is. We're just working with the person instead of with the system. So that's something that I'm exploring. I'm open to the possibility of maybe one day human design won't resonate with me anymore because as a Manny Jen, what lights me up changes. And so I know that that's a potential for me. So yeah, those are, those are all of my thoughts on it. Yeah. <laughs> what, are your thoughts yeah. On it? what are my thoughts? I really agree with thoughts. that. I really agree with that. I think that there's um, potentially just a noise now in, in the human design space that um, people don't want to hear, you know, that, that maybe some people who have been in it, they're used to it being a particular frequency or, or a particular kind of rhythm in the human design space. And yeah, there, I think there was like a mysteriousness to it mm-hmm. and a, you know, a kind of a closure to that community that is now not there so much anymore. And um, maybe that was what made them feel great in being yeah. in that place. And now that's disappeared. And I can certainly connect to that feeling of, um, you know, I came into this and it was really good and I really loved it and it really worked for me. I, I mean, again, like that undefined G-Center, like I have an identity here and this feels comfortable for me to be in this identity. And then without my choosing, something or someone took that away. That mm-hmm. changed. The landscape changed and I didn't want that landscape to change. So I think there's a real lesson for us as, as humans in that, particularly I mean, if, if you're somebody who, who really kind of is absorbed into the human design system, like looking at this seven-year paradigm shift um, that we're, what, in our second year of now, nearly at the end of our second year. So this time is going to be pretty tumultuous <laughs> for everyone in this space, of course, because there's been a lot of pressure placed on the, the new paradigm, the new paradigm. I think without recognition that that paradigm shift takes seven years, so like, you know, we're not just stepping into the new paradigm. We got to go through the shit first to get to the new yeah. paradigm. Like, and that's what we're in right now. Um, so there's a lesson for that in all of us. But I also think that it's a, it's probably just a cool reflection, particularly for those of us without definition in our G centers to say like, what is this effect? And what is this experience of identities changing and mm-hmm. directions changing either inside of us or outside of us and how do we respond to that knowing that again we chose ourselves to come here with this fluidity in this way and that means that we'll probably be triggered most by it what's the wisest way to experience that right Mm -hmm. what's the highest expression of how to experience that and for me that means I think um, holding on to something like human design more loosely I always anticipated coming into human design that I probably would not stay in it forever. Like I'm a manifester. It's really unlikely, really unlikely that I'm going to stay in it forever. And I'm a bit surprised that I've been in it for as long as I have. Um, (laughs) And have like built, yeah, built stuff off it like this. Um, But also going through that, that journey in my business and in myself at the moment of very similar to you, like, I don't want to speak this specific language anymore, mm-hmm. but I still believe in the core tenets of it. Yeah. So how do I then shift and, and pivot and reshape to, to honor that, to still hold that integrity, to still bring all of that through and just change, change the packaging, mm-hmm. right? A little bit of it. And that's, that's a really beautiful thing, 
I think if, if we can approach kind of this like influx exit experience yeah. like that, like where's the creativity here? Where's the shift? Where's the change? And how can we harness that? You know, another pattern, um, just because like you mentioned it and now I'm thinking about it, Yeah, go for it. <laughs> another pattern, especially because you're mentioning people who are like five to 10 years into their experiment, they're probably around that time where they've, you know, that seven year mark where they've fully deconditioned certain things. I really love watching people go from that space where they feel like human design is really awesome. And I'm going to just talk about and teach human design to stepping into a space where they're actually in alignment with their purpose. Like they're doing the things that they're supposed to be doing. They're in alignment with their incarnation cross, with their design. And so that might also be a factor is that people have learned and they've been talking about human design to the point where they've reached a space of deconditioning, where they're recognizing that they have something unique to give the world. And it's not the language it's not the system that was created by someone else it's their own unique flavor so I'm really excited for those people I'm really excited to see you know especially the ones who are leaving from a space of alignment and integrity I'm excited to see what unfolds for them and how they step into using their design and living their design and being in their purpose without having to say like I'm going to teach human design to everybody Mm, that is such a good point that's such I love that perspective that's really beautiful and I think very very true very very true and that's ultimately where we all want to be heading right Mm -hmm. yeah so that we're like moving into this um individualized age where where we are all individual energetic beings doing individual things and that serves the collective which Mm -hmm. is amazing before we wrap up i would love to get your perspective as a human design teacher as a as a human even (laughs) as as any label that we want to apply to you what what advice or like what kind of starting point would you um, give as a tip to manifestors who are really wanting to come into alignment and into embodiment as a manifestor? I think like they get my perspective a lot. And and as an undefined Arjuna, I'm always like, let's get other people's perspective. Guys, like <laughs> just like bring them all. Um, what do you, you know, from your area of expertise, what would you recommend to manifestors? Yes. So the biggest thing that I have learned in, about manifestors and working with manifestors is that you have to trust yourself recklessly, <laughs> yeah. recklessly trust yourself. <laughs> um, one of my favorite like phrases is like rad- radical self-trust and reckless self-worth, you know, reckless self-trust, radical self-assurance or something along those lines, but like <laughs> recklessly trust radical yourself. and reckless. Yes. Radical and reckless. Yeah. I like those words a lot. It's like powerful and big and exciting to me. Um, manifestors are so unique because all of the other strategies and all of the other types are waiting for something. Generators are waiting to respond. Many gens are waiting to respond. Projectors are waiting for an invitation. Reflectors are waiting to tune into that lunar cycle and tune into the moment and kind of figure out what's going on from the world around them. But manifestors, like you said, they're going back into this void, getting this thing that's never been experienced before by anyone, and they're going to put it out into the world. And that takes so much bravery and so much self-trust because when you're doing that, when you're informing people of this crazy idea that you have, you have to trust in yourself so much to the point where you're going to have to meet people who are going to tell you that that's a stupid idea. That's (laughs) unrealistic. That's not going to work out. Who do you think you are? Like there's the potential for when you inform on something that's brand new that people don't understand because they haven't seen it in action yet. There's the potential that they're going to say that's crazy. Like what are you, what, who do you think you are? What are you doing? 
So the biggest thing that I see with manifestors is the conditioning is they either learn not to trust other people or they learn not to trust themselves. And so not trusting other people tends to show up as I have this urge, but I don't want to initiate and I don't want to inform all of the people around me. So I'm just going to do it and then hope that the consequences aren't that bad. Like I'm going to hope that no one gets mad at this, but if I tell them, they're going to tell me it's a bad idea and I don't want to deal with that. So I'm just going to do it anyways, (laughs) not bring anyone along on the journey. And then you're not bringing your people with you. You're not informing, you're not expanding the collective the way that you can be. The other spaces where you take in those opinions of other people so much, you internalize them and you shut yourself down. So you have these urges and then you tell yourself, that's a bad idea. That's unrealistic. Who do you think you are for having that idea? And you, you're, you're going to foster this anger either at yourself or at other people. You're either going to be angry at yourself for having these crazy ideas and for not being like everybody else, or you're going to have this anger that's directed at other people for not understanding you, not understanding these urges that you have and not understanding the direction that you want to go in because you see it so strongly. So learning how to trust yourself is the best thing that manifestors can do because it takes bravery to pull something from the void and say this brand new thing that has never been experienced before that I am literally pulling out of thin air and no one's ever heard of it. No one's ever seen of it. Think about the first time you heard about human design. You're like, that's crazy. That's weird. That's complicated. That's overwhelming. The first time we hear about anything, we're met with confusion. The first time anyone is met with something new, it's confusing. And you're like, I don't know if I'm going to understand this. So if you recognize that every time you're initiating, every time you're informing other people, they're in that initial phase of like, this is brand new to me. This is uncomfortable. This is foreign. And I'm confused. That's where they're going to be. And so you're probably going to get some backlash of like, okay, I don't really understand it. I don't see the vision. I don't, I don't get it. You know, this doesn't make sense to me. Are you sure about this? You have to be able to say yes. You have to be able to say, I trust this urge, even though everyone around me is saying that this is weird, this is a bad idea, that maybe it doesn't make sense. I trust it enough to pursue it anyways. But that self-trust is the key for alignment for manifestors. Mm, I could not have said it better myself. (laughs) That is beautiful. I feel like I'm saying that with like every second informing. I'm like, trust, trust, trust. Do you guys remember we got it? Trust, because it is, that's an ongoing journey Mm -hmm. it's not it's not a set and forget you know I I want to point out that I think a lot of manifestors you know we're often looking for who's an example right who's somebody that's in alignment as a manifestor that I can follow because we don't see very much of ourselves and from the outside a manifestor following a creative urge and having that work out because when you do follow it the same as your authority it does work out every single time it's not it's not statistical right it is like it needs to be birthed you birth it it works yeah and that can look very like confident and very successful and very beautiful from the outside particularly when that you know that engages other people and it picks up popularity and it's you know like that that new thing that you birthed it's good for people yeah and they love it you know and it's it's objectively successful in doing that and the internal experience of that in my personal experience having done it hundreds of times now probably thousands of times is that it never feels fully confident it never feels fully certain it never feels lacking in doubt the doubt is there it exists I know conscious son of doubt I get it like (laughs) it's like it's 70% of my personality it's doubt. I understand the concept of doubt very intimately. Um, and so this experience of 
trusting that urge and holding onto that vision and initiating it, even in the face of resistance from other people, because there always is, there always is resistance. That's, that's a journey that we need to take with every single urge, every single time, right? Even, oh. <laughs> yeah, right. Even right now, as I'm, you know, journeying into another creative cycle and feeling another creative urge, and this is a big one. It's a big change in direction. It's a big thing to initiate. And you're smiling because you know about it, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. And I, you know, I'm doing this. Informed. I, you have been informed. Yeah. There's a circle of people that are in the know because it doesn't need to be expanded beyond that at the moment but like even this experience now after having done this countless times before is still an experience of I have to trust this and how deep can I go in my trust this time can I go deeper than I went last time with this trust so um, I really want manifestors to know that you know in addition to what you said so beautifully that it's trust is everything and you're never going to be done with it yeah never ever going to be done with it right you're going to have to do it every single time every single time get better at it yeah I think so I think that you I think it's it's like a muscle Mm -hmm. you practice it and certainly we build neurological pathways and patterns where that then becomes the first thing that we go to is trust Mm -hmm. so it's a bit it's a bit more unconscious and effortless um and the evidence to back it up as well like okay it's worked out most like every time that I've done it so chances are it's going to work out again yeah, correct. Correct. But it's, you know, it's going to feature every single time. It's going to be a thing you'll have to experience every single time. So if you can't give yourself anything as a manifester, it's that, right? Dive into it sooner rather than later. <laughs> it's, it's like inevitable. You're going to have to go there. <laughs> it has been just the most beautiful, delicious hour and a bit talking to you. Of course, that time just like, disappears and vanishes away and um it's such a joy I know it's such (laughs) a joy for me to be able to bring you and and just your personality and your words to this audience it's an honor for me to to be in your your space and your circle and get to share all of these experiences with you so thank you Thank, thanks for being in my life. Let me I love being you. in your life. I love having you in my life. <laughs> I adore you. I adore you. It's amazing. Um, I know that you kind of constantly have new stuff going on, of course, like very, very MG. Is there anything that you would like to tell this audience about? Where can they find you on social media? Is there anything that you would like them to hook into you with in your spaces? Yeah, I am at I am Eden Carpenter, and then my website is officially switched to EdenCarpenter.com. We've officially done a branding change. I'm officially a personal brand. So if you search that, you'll be able to find me pretty much everywhere. If you want a really good place to just soak in my energy, just experience what it's like to just listen to me talk for several hours, I have a free course. It's like a full, like several hour course with bonuses and things like that. It's called master your magic in, in pure MG form. It was like, I'm going to do a three day, like 30 minutes each day. And it was like 90 minutes each day because Manny Jen. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's called master your magic. And you can just hear me talk about types and subtypes, which is a new thing that I'm kind of introducing to the world of human design. And that would be a great place to just be in my energy. If you want to hear me talk for a little bit and want to learn more about human design. I love it. I love it. I love it. Eden is also phenomenal at human design for business. I know that's like a pivot that you've stepped away from and kind of expanded into a bigger space, but, um, 
certainly if you are wanting to learn about how to utilize human design for business, Eden is an expert in that area and, and just provides really amazing insight. And as a unique manifestor perspective, a lot of the teachings that I have found for manifestors are, are very superficial and kind of, you know, textbook rhetoric, just like spit it out. But your teaching on that has been really unique and has, has been, you know, yeah, very true and very powerful and shifting. So if Manny's in the audience are in business and wanting to look at that, Eden is definitely a recommended source. In as of recording this in like a week, actually this week, I'm opening, um, I have an aligned launching program. It's like an hour long free me talking about how to launch according to your human design. So if anyone's interested in business, that's available to you as well. You'll love it. <laughs> I'm going to sign up for that. <laughs> Set a reminder <laughs> in my phone right now. Yeah, <laughs> I am there for that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Thank you again for being here thank with you. us, for sharing your time. I'm really honored. It's been really beautiful and I will continue to see your face around the place. Um, <laughs> and hopefully other people will now be in your space as well. I welcome all of you <laughs> coming out with me. I love being in your energy. Thank you so much for having me today. This has been an incredible conversation. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours and we do, we talk a lot, which I love and look forward to all the time. So thank you again for being a, being willing to talk to me and having this conversation and hosting this podcast and being you doing all of the magic that you're doing. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the hunting for purpose podcast. I hope that my words, my sharing and spiritual wisdom that came through today's episode have a magnificently transforming impact on your life. If you love this episode, I would be so humbly and truly grateful if you would share it on your social media. You can tag me on Instagram or Facebook at The Holly Marie. And also please consider taking a moment to leave a review right here on iTunes so that this information, this podcast and this spiritual transformation can be spread to even more people. Again, I cannot wait to see you for the next episode of Hunting for Purpose.